Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. They're wholesome in the college football. I don't know why they pretend to be wholesome. This is a sport where, like, people just get blackout drunk every Saturday and gamble their life savings away. SI's Russ Dillinger. Yeah, bail on the marriage. Just drive. It's not worth it. Keep going, Boontong. Keep going. And SI's Pat Forty. I know he will be a tremendous leader, mentor, and teacher for our student-athletes. Yeah, he taught him how to cut and run for a better deal. There you go, guys. The transfer portal's always open. Get out whenever you feel like getting out. If somebody helps you get a leg up, screw them. Leave them behind. That's the Bobby Petrino win. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. I welcome to the Pod National Championship game Monday in Los Angeles. Inglewood. We're going to get to this tailgating situation. SoFi mm. Stadium. Ooh, mm-hmm. didn't sound good. There, Georgia uh, fans would not be happy. You know, there's some some old boy driving his uh, smoker all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? He's like halfway <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. Getting like eight, up. eight miles to the gallon of the F two fifty. Yeah, he's in like West Texas, and he finds <laughs> yeah. out. Oh, yeah. what? I can't bring my my smoker out there. The damn L A people. Loaded up the smoker in Brunswick, Georgia. He's been <laughs> on the road. Yep. Yeah, he's trying. Well, sorry. If you're listening, turn around or uh, just drop it off somewhere. But first, we are. Uh, I have the details of the live show. If you happen to be in Los Angeles on Sunday, either you live there or you're visiting, the College Football Inquirer, we are going to do this live Sunday, 4 p.m., at the college football playoff main stage inside Playoff Fan Central, which is inside the Los Angeles Convention Center, which is in inside downtown Los Angeles. How's that? <laughs> which is inside California. United States, North Carolina, North America. That's right. Yeah, world. Uh, it's college Earth. football playoff main. Like anyone knows what that is. Anyway, come to the LA Convention Center on uh, Sunday, and you can listen to your favorite podcast live. Yeah. We may even take questions from the crowd. Right. 
We may sn- sneak booze in. I don't know. Gosh, I would hope we don't even have to sneak it. Come on, man. It's a fan. I don't thing. know if we have to. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What are the rules? Surely is- they're selling or distributing. I would hope so. I don't know, man. The playoff people, they get a little. They're wholesome. It's a wholesome crowd. <laughs> if 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 the fan fest in LA Live is a alcohol free endeavor, then convention center, not LA Live. I thought it was at okay. LA Live. Okay. That's that's around the corner. Okay. Convention center. Hey, they're wholesome in the college football. I don't know why they pretend to be wholesome. This is a sport where like people just get blackout drunk every Saturday and gamble their life savings away. Like, well. <laughs> The sport of Bobby Petrino, who I'm sure we'll get to as well in this podcast. We're going to get to that. Yeah. I mean, any chance we got a chance to play the song. <laughs> so come by 4 o'clock. We'll be there. Probably be there a little before, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, come listen to the show. I don't, it, you know, I don't know if it'll be any better live. It's not that good taped. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> we did one other live one way back. It was it was okay. I thought it was pretty we good. We did one, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did do a live one. Didn't we do another one? Did we just do one? I think we just did one. I just, San Jose. All I remember yeah. we did, yeah, we had some good some good fans there, including the one guy that did the painting. Remember the painting? Oh, yeah, he painted. <laughs> he brought yeah. a painting for us. Yeah. Yeah. He painted yes. you guys as you were pie. Yes. Yeah. No, Come he paint, He had a painting of uh, Pete, Pat, and I. Wow. Yeah. He painted us and wow. and presented it to us. Hopefully mm-hmm. fully clothed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was I think I was wearing suspenders in my painting. Well, that, oh, that was I was the one wearing suspenders. What he did, he like took famous like movie the, scenes and took all, put our faces basically on them. Like you were know. a <laughs> Leo DiCaprio scene and I was Ben Bradley from the That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, was, when is can this guy great. can this guy do this again? I want one. Mm. I, I don't know. That was in Northern California. California. He might come down. He might come down to SoCal. Another guy drove in from Fresno. I remember that with his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, come on by. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fun. or it won't. But you can't. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. You can you bring your kids. They can throw in the the football around. Try to kick a field goal. Stuff like that. Sure. The, the fan fest. So anyway, four o'clock, L.A. Convention Center. Okay, let's get right to this no no tailgating situation. Yeah. Do we have any? It, it, there seems to be some confusion. Is this the college football playoff people who are banning the tailgating because they're trying to max out the number of parking spots they can sell? Because that is the one thing about tailgating. It's great, mm. obviously, but you start setting all that stuff up and one truck takes three spots. I do remember the NFL did not allow tailgating at MetLife Stadium. And they, they did allow, I remember it was funny, you could park. They said you could eat a sandwich while sitting inside your car. I'm like, what? <laughs> gee, thanks. Yeah, i like, what, is, what else are they going to do? Shoot you? If you yeah. Is that a tuna sandwich? <laughs> Roger Goodell, well, like, checking, run around with flashlight, look. You eating something while sitting in your driving car, your car you drove here? I don't know. What is, or is this SoFi just being ridiculous? Why, where, what happened? Why are we not drinking and eating? Well, I, I do have a little bit of boots on the ground intel as a fan there. Okay. Been to that state. Uh, why? It's not, it's not a, you know, expansive parking. They got plenty of parking, you know, but, but it's not like acres and acres for one thing. So the parking places themselves may be at a premium considering what they charged for the NFL games. They can make a lot of money on those spots. Secondly, I 
you know, and I was like, I was all business. I was going to the game. I, you know, wasn't really looking around, but I don't recall seeing big tailgate scenes, a couple of people standing around drinking, but then you got over by the stadium and there were tons of people outside selling these like bratwursts or Italian sausages or like Mexican hot dogs Mm -hmm. and beers outside there. And they were all like the same beer and the same. So it was obviously like a concession site type thing, but that was just people like pulling around carts selling this stuff. So that might be their alternative to actual tailgating. I I mean, I think it'd be completely un-American to not allow people to tailgate as they please before a a championship game like that. But that, that was my recollection of what it was like there. I uh, I had to Google Mexican hot dog because I've never heard of that before, and they look really really good. But what makes I a hot one. dog Mexican? Well, I I don't know. I mean, the one I had, I, I got one because they look good and they smell good. Um, they look but great. It was like jalapenos were on it. Um, Is a Mexican hot dog a sopa? Right? Is that the? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a good point. Is the hot dog not universal? It's like the Germans yeah. is ger- German, right? Uh, Frankfurter, Frankfurt. yeah, right. Yeah, Frankfurt. Mm. I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. I, I don't know, mm. but there you go. they were good. And I don't think the hot dogs were that expensive. The beers were ridiculous, and I don't know if that was, the CFP can do anything about the beer prices. But be prepared, everybody. It was seventeen dollars plus a dollar fifty tax, eighteen fifty for a sixteen ounce beer. It was the same oh. as the. Did y'all see the the prices posted from the Rose Bowl? I think a premium mm. beer was nineteen dollars, and a domestic yeah. beer was seventeen dollars. Just yeah, like a hard seltzer, I believe was like sixteen or seventeen dollars. You get two cases of hard seltzer for that. Bad man, Walgreens or wherever. Yeah. Well, look, there are a number of excellent dive bars in Inglewood, California, Hawthorne, that area. Sure. And I recommend loading up there yeah, and then have designated driver get you to your parking spot. And then you only got to buy one of those one, one of the, of the, the Stan Kroenke pricey <laughs> beers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Good move there. Good call. And yes, yeah, and there I, are you know ways what? to do it. I say, go ahead and risk being shot and, and go ahead and drink one of those beers in the parking lot by your car. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Stock up before. Yeah. I mean, what, what are they going to do? There is a country music concert and Kelsey Ballerina is uh, performing and a fan <laughs> thing there, too. That's probably expensive. Probably mispronounced I, her name. Uh, well, who, who do we have any intel on her? I'm sure she's terrific. I don't know. No. <laughs> I have none. <laughs> Great. All right. Good story. I got nothing. Show's <laughs> off to a great start. Yeah, you guys should come we're, to the live show with this roaring, kind of prep. Roaring start. These these evening shows with beer are, are usually uh yeah, usually yeah, usually good ones. So what did we take Dan, do we have a time yet? Four or five? Four. Four o'clock. Four Pacific. Four, four Pacific. Until they hear this one and then we make it midnight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind the LA Convention Center, it'll be closed by then. We'll just We're be standing down. around. We're under chatting. the 405 overpass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get to breaking down this game, but we would be amiss if we did not mention that Bobby Petrino is back. Bobby Petrino, one of our favorites here, 
is rolling his Harley into College Station. He is going to be the uh, offensive coordinator for Jimbo Fisher. Will he call the plays, I assume? That is the big thing. He uh, had been out at UNLV as the offense coordinator for like three weeks and then hit the transfer portal <laughs> to A&M. Uh, we do love Bobby Petrino, if only because we can play the, the musical stylings of Chris Vernon of Memphis, who uh, really put art to uh, Petrino's The End of the Petrino Era at Arkansas. <laughs> Sean, can you, can you play that song for us? Riding down the highway of girls on my bike. Man, I never felt so alive. Screaming pig suey at the top of our lungs. Man, I never had this much fun. But then she reached around and put her hand on my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. <laughs> Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. My face is messed up, my Harley's in the shop, and I don't know if I'll keep my job. I'll be good, she reached around to my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Beware of the girl in the volleyball shorts. <laughs> Guess we were talking about All-time classic. Really is. We'll see if we get Kelsey Ballerina to sing that. That's yeah, a country right? song, right? That's yeah, a- make a request. Put that in right now in the suggestion box. Yeah. Can you sing the ballad of Bobby? Yeah. No joking aside, excellent move. No? I mean, Petrino as an offensive coordinator, it's not in a supervisory role anymore. <laughs> m needed some help. I like this. Well, I mean, from a pure bottom line utilitarian standpoint, sure. Yes. Yeah, to me, I mean, he knows what he's doing, and everybody wanted to get Jimbo's stubborn fingers off of the play sheet and let somebody else call it, but this is the disingenuous drifter in action again here, man. 20 days ago, 20 days ago, he said, (laughs) Barry Odom is a talented coach who has always been highly respected, and I really look forward to working with him at UNLV. I'm excited to be part of the new direction of the Rebels and compete for championships. <laughs> we had three great years at Missouri State, which he ditched, which actually pulled his career out of the ditch. <laughs> but I thought it was the time in my career to step away from the head role and back into a coordinator position to focus on moving the ball and scoring points and helping win games in Las Vegas. Yeah, three weeks, 20 days. 20 days. It's like Mad Lib, <laughs> right? You can just Mad Lib that thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Listen, I think we're all better off with Bobby not in Vegas full time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not us, but maybe <laughs> right. everybody else. Like the pod is, the is pod is, is hurt. I mean, he well, can still he can still find some trouble down there. Yeah, Bobby Petrino in Vegas compared to Bobby Petrino in College Station, <laughs> yeah, is is a little different. But I will say, like, if you're a fan of Texas A and M, I kind of think like you're. Ex- excited about by Petrino calling the plays and Jimbo Fisher not calling yeah. the plays. If you're not a fan of Texas A&M and you're a fan of 131 other 
FBS programs, you are killing Texas A&M for hiring Bobby Petrino. Like that's that's how it works. But I think yeah. most yeah. fan bases would say, hey, I want Bobby Petrino to call my place and do nothing else but just call <laughs> my place, right? <laughs> just call the place, you know? So I I mean, for them, it it probably probably is a better deal. Yeah, this is it. I think it's win-win. And, you know, just, just, you're not, you can't hire any, any, you're not in charge of hiring the office assistants or anything like that. And you just, the guy, guy can call plays. He, he can focus on that. I don't know. I think it's pretty good for AM. They need something. Uh, they're they going do. with a plan. Yeah. I will say this here too. I just want to add this quote from Barry Odom <laughs> upon the hiring 20 days ago. <laughs> I know he will be a tremendous leader, mentor, and teacher for our student athletes. Yeah, he taught him how to cut and run for a better deal. There you go, guys. The transfer portal's always open. Get out whenever you feel like getting out. If somebody helps you get a leg up, screw them. Leave them behind. That's the Bobby Petrino we know. I mean, Bob, Pat, Vegas. tell us how you really feel. Ah, uh, you know. Who the, the hell have I been known since 2003 or whatever? Who the hell went to UNLV to to learn life like yeah whatever the hell yeah. Odom's yeah. talking about? <laughs> Probably. What did he, how did he describe it? What was it? Mentoring. Come Tremendous on. leader, mentor, and teacher. For our yeah, you're mm. Yeah, like you know when to hit on sixteen. That's what you learn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Vegas. I love it. I love UNLV. Jerry Tarkanian is my guy. I wrote a book with him. Right. I love it. But don't tell me you're like, well, I was really hoping to, you know, learn some core values of, you know, humility. Come on. You went to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot of Vegas. Values. If you get out of there with more money, you do when, it. When you walk down the strip, you don't uh, you don't think values as you're walking down the strip. There's not a whole lot of values walking by you on the strip. You know? <laughs> different, different types of value. Different yeah. types of value. That's something different. Um, anyway, good move for that. Uh, we're happy Bobby Petrino is in the SEC. He's back, baby, in a in a perfect spot for him. I wonder if Bobby had a chance to lie to any recruits when he was there. I mean, he had 20 oh. days. He probably had a chance to lie to a few recruits and tell them how yeah. great it's going to be at Vegas. <laughs> Big recruiting time. I mean, he was there during early signing yeah. period, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he got there. Well, he got there right before it, December 15th. So, yeah, I'm sure he was um, on the phone with all the recruits and – yeah, how many kids signed or changed their decision mm -hmm. or whatever, knowing that uh, they were going to be in Bobby Petrino's, you know, pretty successful offense over the last few years? You know, how how many signed with uh, UNLV? I'm guessing yeah, zero, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> Again, if you're if you're hitching your wagon to Bobby Petrino, yeah, it's, yeah. like it's on you. But yes, one more reason why the signing period should be late. Yes, Not, uh, yeah. they shouldn't yeah. do this thing. All right, before we get to the title game, briefly this on the NCAA basketball tournament. Mm. This transformation committee, the NCAA <laughs> Division One transformation committee, uh, recommended that uh, championships in D1 sports could uh, increase by 25%, uh, which in college basketball's case would take it from 68 to 90 teams. 90 March Madness with 90. The thing will it'll be like late February to early April Madness. 
unfortunately, CBSSports.com, uh, Matt Norlander, says it didn't happen. And he's talked to uh, everyone. He obviously, you know, Matt does a great job. College Hoops, very plugged in and said uh, he's got all sorts of quotes from uh, anonymous sources. There's been no consideration. It's never gotten consideration. There was once back in 2010, they talked about a 96-team tournament and got <laughs> mocked uh, relentlessly by everybody. So I hopefully was it doesn't happen. I was there. That was an amazing press conference. Yeah. So it looks like we're sticking at 68 and not 90, I hope. I don't need 90, but uh, thoughts on this. Ross, I know you reported this thing. I think what we're looking at is that the transfer com- transformation committee wanted a uniform percentage across the board. So they decided to set 25% of all sports should make a, the postseason bracket championship bracket, except football, of course, because or FBS football, because the NCAA does not oversee FBS football championship, but everything else, 25%. Um, and just like Matt reported, I, and I've heard the same, like there's not, really a whole lot of support from the basketball group governance body oversight committee to do this. And so, uh, and I should have let off with this, but the transformation committee put down this recommendation. Well, this recommendation will be voted on by each of the sports oversight governance bodies. So each right. sport will vote whether to take this 25% up and change, expand their tournament or not. And I think basketball, there's not, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of support for it. However, it opens up the door for the possibility. And there are certainly a lot of powerful people who work in Power Five conferences who want it to happen. And the fact that the door now is open tells me that eventually the door is going to be kicked in. Now, it might not happen again, like, like he reported and like we've kind of all heard, there's not support for it, you know, universal report support for it now but what about in five years or seven years or whatever it's it's cracked the door to this happening and i would expect a lot of other sports to support it to expand their their brackets and their championships well i agree with that i think there's just less concern that you know nothing against the field hockey championship or whatever but uh you know, March Madness is a unique uh, event. It's just, there's nothing, it, 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 the thing makes no sense. Uh, it is, there's no good idea here. First off, with the conference tournaments ahead of time, the week ahead, basically everybody is in. Exactly. You can go 0-28 and win and then start winning. You can win like five games in your conference and then six or seven. You can be a 16 seed, like five and 28. And then get into NCAA and win six games and you win the title. So what do we need this thing for? Everyone who has, you know, certified Division One eligibility, yes, is in. Is in as a chance to win the national championship when championship week starts for your conference. That's what I've said all along. You know, it's a 300-plus team tournament, really. And there's no reason to expand it beyond 68. For, for like, I can give you like 90 reasons why there's no reason, but the they should go back to 64 know, is what they should do and get rid of the sure. Dayton debacle, right? Get rid of the bad 12 seeds that they, you know, made room for. And here's this is what I suspect most of all. And I talked to Greg Sankey about this back in August, and he was making the point for Texas AM should have been in the tournament. Basically, there, I think they would like to see four first fours which would let in 
you know, 12 more teams. And that gets you to 80. And you have a first four in each region. And two teams come out of there and then go into the main bracket. I don't want that either. All you're doing is it's creeping mediocrity. It's not good teams. It ruins the bracket, which bottom line, maybe you can still fit it on a computer screen, but you can't fit it on a copied piece of paper, an 80-team bracket. Good luck with that. And if they try, if they want to find out how much people care about the bracket, go ahead. F around and find out with that one. Get around and find out. I I will say this, uh, you know, over the last, well, I mean, obviously the last two or three years especially, but for decades, probably going back, uh, there's been multiple different administrative groups that do surveys of athletic directors in FBS, in coaches too, but I'm going to focus for this on athletic directors. In every survey, they asked a bunch of questions about NCAA governance, about tournaments, about championships, blah, blah, blah. None of them come back 100%. No, none of them come back hardly 95% except one question. And the question is, do you agree that the NCAA basketball tournament should not be changed? And usually it comes back 95 plus percent. Do not okay. change the NCAA basketball tournament. It is perfect as is. We all love it. Do not fix something that is not broken. So I will say that, uh, but there are, as I mentioned earlier, there are certainly um, power five people. We don't who like want them to right see now. That. We don't like so. those people. Those people are wrong. <laughs> and I have one more disingenuous drifter update for you, if you want one. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> to your point, Dan, that you thought nobody went to uh, committed to, to oh, UNLV geez. on behalf of Bobby Petrino. I present Blake Boda. <laughs> Two-star two pro-style quarterback from Cocoa, Florida, whose yeah. list of schools he was considering was a couple in Florida and Missouri State, and then he committed to UNLV on January 1st, New Year's Day. Three days later, Bobby's leaving. I would like uh, to talk <laughs> to Blake Boda. Ding, 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 ding. He probably just told his Let's have him on the pod. That. <laughs> he probably was like, I need to go play for coach. So I'm going to go to, he just wanted to go to UNLV the whole time. It was sure. <laughs> Pat. I would just say Pat. Okay. Pat, Bobby Petrino to Pat, right. Is like ex-boyfriends to Taylor Swift at this point. <laughs> like, no man, it's just, we're getting 10 minute ballads of how horrible they are. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Just try not to lie every once in a while. That's all. <laughs> well, Blake is stranded on the side of the Vegas Strip. Not the first guy from Cocoa, Florida to go over there and get <laughs> cheated. True. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, so uh, let's get to the title game. Look, the, the storyline here is obviously 
there's two. One, Georgia's going for consecutive national championships, which is extremely hard to win and get harder and harder to do as we have a playoff. Um, and the other is TCU is in the national championship game. Like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, we had a system to keep them out. Now we're letting them into the title game. What is <laughs> Slipping. We're slipping. They're too busy trying to expand the tournament. These guys are slipping. You guys let TCU into this thing. What are you doing? I'm going to start with TCU. And uh, just on this, uh, Sonny Dykes had some interesting quotes this week. One is he thinks the 12-team playoff will be a huge boon for programs like his. He said, I think 12 is going to be great. I think there's a lot of good football teams deserving a playoff, and I've always believed the cream rises, and the more opportunities the school, schools outside of the traditional brands get, the more those schools can become traditional brands. I think if you exclude them, it's hard to break in. I think this will give a lot of schools like TCCU an opportunity in the mix and show what they're capable of. So he thinks, he's, he's like, how much fun this is going to be, the whole thing. He thinks there will be other runs from teams like TCU. He also spoke the other day to The Athletic about how the transfer portal was critical in his ability to go from five and seven to the national championship game. I mean, that's really the amazing thing. It's not like it's not like Cincinnati last year when they, you know, it was almost a two-year run and it was like a four-year buildup. These guys came out of nowhere. He talks about the 13 transfers he took, and he had a pretty interesting thing that I had not thought of he said, you used to have to rely on signing the recruiting class. You then redshirted the class if your program is good enough to do that. So all the programs that were good historically had an advantage because they didn't have to play freshmen. Basically, everyone got, got redshirted. Those teams then went to bowl games, got those extra 15 practices, and got a chance to work those young players. So, And he goes, that was the only way to acquire a player was through traditional recruiting. Since today's world is a lot different. You can acquire players a lot of different ways. People don't really redshirt as much anymore because if you redshirt someone, chances are they're not going to be there for very long. So what happens is that opens the door for many, for maybe non-traditional programs to be able to acquire players in a different way, which is kind of what we did. So he's kind of pointing to two different things. Obviously, the a little bit of expanded playoff helped. The bigger one will help more. And I hadn't thought of this idea that you can't just stockpile talent on redshirting now, because of the portal, more talent is going out and finding its level. So, Pat, thoughts on Sonny Dykes' comments on that? Yeah, yeah. That was that was on a teleconference yesterday, I guess. All my days run together. And I, 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 that resonated to me because I think he's got a good finger on the pulse of it and how you do quick fix a team. And, they, you know, they didn't radically remake it, but, I mean, 13 guys is pretty many, and they've definitely helped the defense through the portal. I mean, they got some guys yeah. there that, that have been instant impact and yeah, that, I mean, I would be, I would have be very reluctant to redshirt anybody because of the very reason that you don't know how long you're going to have them. So you better get something out of them while you do have them. I mean, if they're just flat, not ready to play fine, but if they can help you forget redshirting, get them in there and get them playing I guess on the on the flip side, you may look and say, well, I don't want to give my opponents tape of this guy or if they're going to come tamper with him and procure him. But I would absolutely play everybody that I could, uh, and I would not think about redshirting anybody in my class unless they needed it. We talked about this on the pod before about how the transfer portal actually has even the playing field in a lot of ways. And, and we discussed a lot about quarterbacks and how quarterbacks who normally – would be sitting the bench somewhere at a major program or now starting at, at other places. 
Uh, but there, this is a, another great part of a great point of why the transfer portal has, in a way, spread out the talent, talent in in even the playing field. Because, yeah, players are not sitting around at major programs being redshirted and sitting the bench anymore. They want to play now, and they're leaving those programs in in playing elsewhere. And I think TCU. I think it's five defensive starters, four or five are transfers. So they had to plug some holes defensively and they did it with the portal and, and you're seeing it pay off. I, I do believe it's five. They also have one of their offensive linemen, Alan Ally, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, they got, they filled gaps. They didn't get great players. Johnny Hodges, the linebacker from, from the Naval Academy, might be their biggest impact guy. Josh Newton's playing cornerback. I mean, but they were able to bolster it up. And they lost guys. They lost two to Ole Miss, a kid to Oklahoma, and one to Nebraska. So they lost guys too. But I thought that was pretty interesting that yeah, everyone's finding their spot. And uh, I mean, look, when they said the transfer portal, everyone said schools like TC are screwed. They're going to get poached. They'll never be any good. Yeah. And we're this is why I keep telling everyone to stop with your guardrails and your, your calls to Tuberville. Let's see what happens. Right. Like, lo right. and behold... A team got rebuilt from five to the nat- five and seven, the national title, and it was TCU. Yeah, yeah. I know you could look at Michigan State the year before that did well in the portal right. and went yep. to eleven and two. You know, yep. yeah. I mean, so get the right like, guy. whatever you guys were talking about, or you presume here's Sonny Dyke saying the exact opposite, and I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it worked. You would have thought, hey, you lost four guys to power fives at the, you know, and they, they had a coaching change, so it's kind of that happens, right. but. Right, fifteen guys transferred out, but a lot went down. They went to yeah. FCS teams and things like that. So, well, it was interesting of note. Like when I was there, and probably Ross, you might have heard the same thing. Like after, well, and I was there in August after spring practice, they only lost one guy. So, I mean, everybody that stayed was was on board with Sonny Dykes and and his whole thing, including Max Duggan, the anti portal guy. Right, he stayed there through a coaching change. Through a benching, you know, in and out of the lineup, kind of up and down through three years. And and then, I mean, now look, amazing. Can't get rid of them. No. All right. So anything else strike you guys about uh, TCU as we've sat through some of the press conferences so far? You know, I think if you would ask them in August if they could be here, they would say, hell no. And, and Sonny alluded to this, but after they had that run through that gauntlet of ranked teams – and they kept winning close games. He said, that's when we kind of started to think we had something special going on. You know, they they absolutely trashed Oklahoma. And I think they started I think feeling that was the one. Themselves. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I think Johnny Hodges said, well, we beat Oklahoma by a lot. It was like, hey, we're pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah then, and they, then they beat making- Kansas when Kansas was ranked, Oklahoma State, and then Kansas State. And I think after that, they're like, okay. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma State in double overtime, didn't they? Or overtime. Yeah. They're trailed by 17. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of the six, yep. one of the six games that they trailed by double digits in the second half and came back to win. It really has been an incredible, like magical type of season. I had a story coming out tomorrow or, or later this week about I, I had interviewed Sonny Dykes' brother. Rick Dykes, who former coach and, and went into the private sector about 20 years ago, got out of coaching. And he, he was at the Michigan game, and, and he said he was sitting next to – after the game, he was sitting on the team bus. He was riding the team bus, and he was sitting next to Sonny. And as the, as the bus is, like, pulling away from uh, State Farm Stadium, him and Sonny kind of looked at each other, smiled, and then just broke out into laughter – 
and said, <laughs> basically simultaneously said, how the hell did we end up here? <laughs> so that, that gives you an idea of even how unbelievable it was to the people involved, this run that they're on. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's a good anecdote. Trailed six times by double digits in the second half all season. Did not trail against Michigan. No. Yeah. No, the one game everybody was sure they would trail by a lot at the end. And yeah. they never yeah. trailed. Never been. We'll get to uh, picks on the game and all that in a, in a bit. Georgia. So Georgia can win a second title. Last year's team was just uh, phenomenal. Obviously, they did lose to Alabama, but that team was absolutely stacked. 15 NFL draft picks. And I know they've recruited well, but my Lord, 15 NFL draft picks and they're back. They haven't lost. I don't think there is. I think last year's team beats this year's team, but that's the only team that may beat these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If they pull this off and considering it's now a four team playoff situation, like how how should history remember this group? Is this one of the five best groups or five best runs? I mean, this is amazing. This isn't the, it was easier to win titles back in the day. You know, the idea of, of running through two straight undefeated regular seasons in the sec, one loss in two years, only in that that great Alabama team. What should we consider this Georgia club? Ross? Well, and think of how, like, uh, I think you mentioned it earlier in the show, back-to-back champions. It just does not happen very often. You had Alabama in 11 and 12. You had Nebraska in mid-90s, right? 94, uh, 95, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, US, I don't even USC know. USC 304. Oh, yes, the debated... Uh, Yes, well, yep. the, was that a three peat or uh, a one peat? Right. It was, a, it was a one and a half peat. Yeah, yeah, one and a half peat. They, had, they, right. they shared the title with with LSU. Yeah, yeah. LSU, yeah. and there was an LSU fan who created a website onepeat.com. <laughs> to mock of course, USC of and course put a billboard was. up in LA. Yeah, of course, one peat. Of course, <laughs> you but can't the, win three if you've only won one. That was like yeah, his I mean, motto. The back-to-back yeah. is hard. In, in Nebraska, did it in the mid-90s. And before that, though, you have to go back, I think, to Nebraska again, like 70-71. Oklahoma, Oklahoma mid-70s, 74-75. They were on probation and were not allowed to be voted for in one uh, poll, but they won it in the other. Oh, okay. <laughs> classic Bandit college player. football. It's classic college football. <laughs> but, that's, but that's basically three times in, in 40, 45 years. So it's uh, or yeah. almost, I guess, 50 years. But three times it's yeah. happened. <laughs> If you want to count USC, USC, Nebraska, and Alabama um, since '75, basically, I, so it's hard. And, and if they do it, they yeah, they're they're obviously in incredible incredible company and and rare company. And I think you go back and even you look at now. I guess a lot of guys from that class are gone, but you look at the '17 season, which is Kirby, I think his second year when they made it to the championship game, and of course second and '26. But starting that year. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That six, the six-year stretch that they're on is pretty incredible. And it gets overshadowed because you've got Alabama that has been doing right. this for 12, 14, 13, 13, 14 years, having similar runs. But this six-year stretch, uh, if you put it in any other era, is is the best of that era. Yeah. I mean, Alabama never won two in a row. It's not in the playoffs. This is the first team that could do it in the playoffs. Yeah, now, true. Right? Yeah. 
And yeah. again, I think it's harder in the playoff. That said, they were able to get the mulligan on the SEC championship game last year. So I guess they got that going for them. They get the second job. Go ahead, Pat. No, I think it's a, a absolutely uh, phenomenal thing for them to be here in this position again. And, uh, and really, like they, it's funny. It was li- interesting listening to Georgia's players after the game, the Ohio State game. And they were, they were like, yeah, you know, I mean, we were in these situations a lot where we were down and everything. And then some, like, people would ask them, well, like, what were you thinking of? Well, Missouri. And that's it, because that's the only other time yeah. they were down. They, they, they rolled through the regular season, okay? They had one close call against Missouri. They, they were down 16 in the second half of that game. I think they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. They won, and other than that, that is the only time they were ever remotely challenged until Ohio State. That's how good they've been this season. I agree, Dan, with you. They're not as good as last year's team, but still, they've been really impressive, really, really good, and I think – LSU and Ohio State at the end here with really good coaches, good quarterbacks, and good skill have exposed some things that you can do to them through the air, and TCU has all those mm. things too. And so that's going to be a challenge. But that is an unbelievably good team in a lot of ways. And I think you start at the top, obviously, with Kirby Smart, and who is he's the total package. He's the next Saban to me. He is unbelievable recruiter, unbelievable motivator, unbelievable player developer, unbelievable game planner, unbelievable in-game coach. And I think he's come the farthest in that category because there's been some games oh, I think yeah. he's he's melted down in the past. But he sure didn't against Ohio State on uh, on last Saturday. No, that, that no. timeout, right? We, we, uh, yeah. I think you went to the postgame to hear him talk about how on the headsets, you know, they were – he was on a different channel. And so the special teams guys didn't – he wasn't on the special teams channel, so he was on the defensive channel – and he just happened to notice the formation on the field. It's like Kirby Smart of like 2017 probably wouldn't probably wouldn't have done that, you know. Yeah. But the Kirby Smart today did. And uh, I don't know that this year's team is better than last year's team, but it does feel more complete. Offensively, it does feel – it feels better. I, I have more confidence, I guess, in their offense this year than I did They got last the year. receivers back. I think they have better yeah. receivers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. Especially now. Are- yeah, they've got six good receivers, and that's not even counting the tight ends. I mean, they are loaded. They're just finally, oh, yeah, all healthy. Kirby's a quote after the Ohio State game, I couldn't be prouder of these kids. It's a special group now. They've overcome. Everyone was questioning them all year. <laughs> yes. No. Lack no. of yes. respect from game one until I'm proud of them. Go dogs. <laughs> yes. Underdogs. Disrespected number one. <laughs> The number one ranked, or no, what were they, three at the beginning? They were Maybe three, they weren't and then after week one, uh, they shot immediately to the top. Yeah, it was very disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing they kept their their uh, their uh, confidence up. I'm really proud yeah, of them. Buck right. up. Really Buck beat up. Yeah. Young bull, Bulldogs, boy, overcame that adversity <laughs> of uh, being ranked third. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's Churches a Saban quote, if there ever that. was one. Yeah, That is a Saban quote, if there ever was. Yeah, they like that. You know what I really like about Kirby? Dude's a total mess on the sideline. There's no, like, <laughs> trying to look good. Yeah, There's no, no like, no. he doesn't care if his hair's a mess, he's sweating yeah. through, shirt don't fit. Like, <laughs> dude, there's like 25 million people watching you right now. Like, get a better pullover. That thing's awful. He's like... 
he takes like the Paul Chris sweatshirt at Wisconsin and like he makes that look like Versace. He's just yeah, a he's, total mess over there. He, he looks really dead, he's jumping and grinding and God, yeah. he's into it. I love He's it. The, the anti Marcus Freeman, who always looks perfect on the <laughs> yeah. sideline. You know? yeah. It is nothing. The Rick Patino. No, he's just Kirby yeah. is in yeah. the dirt, man. He is in the dirt. There's nothing. <laughs> Nobody looks better on the sideline than old Marcus in the quarter zip. Man, he had a rocket oh, yeah. in the bowl game. Man, dude was looking fly, man. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> People say Coach Prime's got the most swag in college football, and, and he, and he mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. But Marcus, yeah. Yeah, that's a good-looking man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast man crush. Here we go. Been... I'm secure enough to say. That's, that's a good-looking guy. What do you want to tell me? All right, we'll pick the picks later, but let's just get to this, okay, before you make the picks. How does TCU win this game? What does TCU have to do to win this game? What do you want to see in those first quarter that says TCU can win this game? Other than like Stetson Bennett throws two pick sixes and fumbles at the one yard line, <laughs> gets the gets a case of the McCarthy's. I think it's they protect the quarterback, complete passes, and they can do both. I, I well, we'll see about protecting the quarterback. We will see about that. I I think Max Duggan. It's a good thing he's mobile because he's probably going to get chased. The one thing about C.J. Stroud, too, he was very, very rarely sacked during the season. People were kind of freaking out about Georgia's lack of pressure on him. He was rarely sacked during the regular season, and Georgia wasn't a big sack team, but they do affect the passer, and they didn't affect him enough. So if if Max Duggan gets a clean pocket, he's going to have open guys. He might have Quentin Johnson deep at six foot four, going up against people, and they can get guys in the flats with speed, and so if they can if they can get the passing game going, I think they they could be dangerous. I don't expect them to be able to run the ball. You know, Ohio State had some some success. They got over 100 yards, but a lot of that was C.J. Stroud scrambling late. They didn't you know hand the ball off and just control the game that way. And neither is TCU going to be. But I think if you can do that and not get knocked back on your heels by Georgia's passing game and running game, then I, I think they could be right in there. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I think they do need probably some of the things that happened in, in the Michigan game. I think they probably do need some pretty key red red zone stops or, or red zone turnovers. I just see this one talent-wise, and I know we've said it all year about TCU, but I, uh, and they keep on finding ways to win uh, games against teams that are way more talented, you know, but I, I just, they're going to need turnovers. Uh, they're going to need stops in the red zone and forcing field goals and, and things like that. And I do think as Pat was saying, like, you know, Georgia has been exposed a little bit in the secondary the last two games, Ohio state exposed them 350 yards passing four touchdown passes, LSU 500. I think it was 500 passing yards. And a lot of it was late in garbage time, but still like, so there's obviously something there. And I'm sure a coach as smart as Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator will find ways to exploit them. And they're going to have to hit those deep passes. I remember going into the Ohio state Georgia game, thinking that Georgia would win pretty handedly unless Ohio state hit some longer deep passes in they did, and TCU's got to do the same thing, plus probably get a couple of turnovers like they have all season. 
So it's not out no. of the question. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, I'm with you, and this is everyone's every underdog's uh, thing, right? You, we need a non-offensive score or something that sets up points. You know, I think Max Duggan has got to be able to. They need a, a some big plays off of him on like design draws, uh, QB draws. Uh, he he's really good when he can get out in the open field. Uh, it's hard to take down. They need to make that work a little bit. I'd like to see, you know, three, four real nice carries out of that. Obviously, got to pass the ball. I also just think they need a chaos game. I just think yeah. they they thrive mm-hmm. in the mayhem. Yeah. They're still, there's yeah. a little bit of DNA of the old Big 12 craziness. And look, <laughs> ha, uh, Georgia just came back on 14 on, on, on Ohio State and just played a chaos game. But. I think, yeah, this can't be boring. I thought the way Michigan was going to win was just grind them down, right? And yep. Georgia can do that too, and you can't can't quite survive that. But I think that's that's the way. I say this: the spread started at thirteen and a half; it's down to twelve and a half. See, that's exciting mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it might go down further. I just think that people are very reluctant to give double digits in a like a national championship game situation so i'll be interested to see if that drops more the the last couple of times it was this big uh the favorite loss miami to ohio state and can't remember what the other one was i think it was a nebraska one yep but my the last time the spread was 13 it was that second the the miami going for the repeat against uh, ohio state but okay um, 20 years ago yeah 20 years so of course you don't normally get uh spreads as big in the in the national title game well i'm hoping it, it's good i hope tcu can can do something i'm not going to pick them though sorry no. i have already clinched the no. the bowl pick them and we'll be cashing in all weekend off of you guys all weekend <laughs> hmm. i'm actually Friday i'm is, leaving all my credit cards in my wallet multi-day oh yeah whoops multi-day. forgot no money yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we'll see Fresh out. you guys can wash dishes you can collect cans. You have to like, go to bed I'm early. Rest you up, won't even pay. I, I drink the cheapest beer possible, and you won't even pay. <laughs> it's terrible people. Terrible people. But I'll make my pick. I will pick Georgia to cover. TCU made me look an idiot last week, but uh, I'm sticking with it. So I'm taking Georgia. I don't know. Pat, who you got? Uh uh, Are you surprised I was going to ask? This yeah, question? only one game. Like I was convinced, I was convinced I was going to take TCU in the points, but now I just can't make myself say it. I'm taking the dogs in the points. I, I think they're too good, and I think they will improve some of their areas of deficiency against that they had against Ohio State, and I think those areas were exposed by superior talent at Ohio State than to what TCU has. So I'm I'm rolling with the dogs. I'm going to do the same. I'm I'm taking uh I'm taking the dogs in the points. <laughs> I just I don't think that TCU is going to get the opportunistic turnovers and red zone stops in this one and uh, I think Georgia's just too talented. Yeah. Well, let's hope I here's what I, I may say this. I hope TCU covers. I don't really yeah. care who wins, but I hope we get a great game. We got so yeah, I hope we got such game. great semifinal games that it's going right. to be uh, going to be awesome. Um, I, I right, so. Be, so. Go ahead. What about hey, what, will, what what will be your opinion then? Like, where would you say Stetson Bennett ranks in the pantheon? Greatest uh, quarterback of all time, Pat. Okay. Greatest quarterback. Right. Yes. No. <laughs> your first repeat <laughs> quarterback champion since AJ McCarron. 
There you uh, go. Yeah. Moving up all go. the Georgia all-time rankings. And he might be better than A.J. McCarron. Maybe. We'll see. But, uh, 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 you know, give, give the man, put some respect on his name. That's all I'm asking. The guy's 35 years old. What do you want me to do? <laughs> He's like, what was that kid from the Bronx that played in the Little League World Series, like 16? Yeah, right, That's what's going on right. here. Danny Almonte or something yes, like that? Danny Almonte. Yeah. Danny Almonte is now starting for the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, he came out of Blackshear, Georgia, and South Georgia. He might have been like 20 when he graduated high school. It's possible. <laughs> And he's now been we don't in know how old for he six is. years. Yeah. No idea how old he is. He has a listed birthday. We don't know if it's legit. No, but. can't be true. They can fudge that stuff. All right, before we go, I do want to get to this story. We are all uh, husbands here. And so I want you know, go through the lens of uh, of being a husband and imagining this. A, a husband and a wife, Boontom Chai Moon and uh, Amnway Chai Moon. They live in Thailand. And uh, they had a Christmas Day drive. The husband was driving the wife back to her hometown, which was uh, a long drive through Thailand. So they set off on Christmas Day uh, at night to get home so she could be with around her family. Very nice of the of the husband, right? Yeah, um, they've so been far. married like they've been married like thirty years, uh, twenty seven okay. years. Okay. Boon Tom is fifty five, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, they've been married. So uh, they're driving, and uh, the wife is in the back. Uh, uh, actually, this just, I guess, the side of his Zuzu pickup, and okay. she is uh, sleeping. And he decides he needs to stop and go to the bathroom. Now, this is in Thailand, so he he literally just stops <laughs> and opens the door and gets out mm-hmm. and just goes on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. He then gets back in the car and starts driving again. It turns out his wife uh, was awoken when he got out of the car and decided she had to go. So she got out of the car (laughs) and went into the jungle on the side of the road, a little more, Uh you know, privacy. And uh, he took off, obviously, and she was not in the car. Mm -mm. He thought she was sleeping over on that side of the... the So... She didn't have her phone, didn't have money, uh, and was out in the jungle of Thailand and had to walk to town and walk 13 miles. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. How far did he go without realizing she wasn't in the car? 100 miles. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on. 100 miles. Uh, apparently, by the time she got to the the police station in this town, she calls his phone or calls her phone, trying to get him to like turn around. But it was on like <laughs> he wasn't paying any attention. Oh my! A hundred miles later, he realizes that uh, she doesn't have it. Has to turn around and head oh back. Oh my god! So, <laughs> what would your line be to try to get what if we were advising? Three married men here in the United States. Yeah. Old Boon Tom is... Uh... <laughs> there isn't a line, Dan. There isn't a line. <laughs> That's right. is the answer. Old Boon Tom's in it. He's in the mixer tonight, man. He is getting heat-lamped, grilled. Oh, yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's bad. Is there anything it's you could bad. advise Boone to? I mean, it's not going to get over in a night. She's always, no matter what you do. Remember no. the time you made me walk yeah. 13 freaking miles through the. <laughs> I mean, what would you tell Boone Tom to do? Just I keep think... driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bail on the marriage. Just drive. It's not <laughs> worth right. it. Keep going, right. Boone Tom. Keep going. Right. You got to when it's that that far gone. Yeah. <laughs> if it's that bad, you truck. might as well. Yeah. Just, just go ahead and end the marriage right there. You know? <laughs> it's over. I, look, I screwed up so bad. I can't get out of it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's about your best option. I mean, so, like, could you try to say, I, you know, no, you couldn't say, yeah, I, I saw a billboard for a, you know, a diamond necklace and I wanted to get it for you. So I just kept going until oh, yeah. I got to a the billboard in now. Thailand. That's, that's not, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the middle of night on Christmas, I, maybe not, you know, concentrating on the road. Good, safe driver. That's it. That's it. I, I don't think there is a way. No, Boontong's no. in trouble. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, Boontong either can, can keep driving and say screw the marriage, or he can turn around and she's going to say screw the marriage. One or the other. <laughs> keep driving till you end up in Laos. You know, <laughs> just keep take going. up set up shop there. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one to come back from. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one to come back from. This is like the anti. This is the exact opposite of a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> right, right. Oh, um, dear. Oh. Fortunately, the Daily Mail mm. was there, there to cover you, it. What, yeah. do you, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why they were covering this, I do not know. <laughs> the world's greatest publication. Absolutely. Daily Mail. To, to <laughs> what would we do without them? And they've really been a little slacking lately because there's this whole, I don't even understand it. The, bro the British brothers are yelling at each other a lot. So they're kind of distracted. Really? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even know what's going on. But uh, whatever it is. Anyway, no matter what happens this weekend, you're probably not. You can point if, if you know, if things go a little awry, you can be like, hey, I didn't do this. I'm not the worst <laughs> husband in the exactly. world. Right. Yeah. That's old boon, Tom. <laughs> All right. We will see some of you at 4 p.m. in yeah. L.A. on Sunday. Bring your drinks. L.A. So Convention well. Center. And the yeah, rest of you hope. can hear it, hopefully, on Monday. We don't know. Maybe the audio will work yeah. or not. If not, we will be back. So there could be another pod or not. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you have our picks, though. But so. we will tape one after the championship game. Oh, we will definitely so do that. We'll be back Tuesday morning for sure. We may be back sooner than that. We could always have an emergency pod along the way. I don't know. That's why you got to subscribe. got to subscribe. Right. You never know. Yep. Never know what might happen, uh, but we appreciate it and uh, looking forward to the big game. Talk to you later.